0: Welcome to Intentional AF, your weekly podcast delivering the hottest takes on branding, marketing, and tech tools to help you build a scalable, intentional, and badass brand in Web3. Are you a Web3 artist, creator, or project founder? Join us every Wednesday for 30 minutes of inspiration, insights, and actionable tips. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with the latest from Intentional AF. Now, let's dive in. Today, we're exploring DGEN tunes in our Intentional Brand Check. Giving you one fire brand tip you can implement today to level up online. And in nerding out, we'll be checking out three tech products Podcastle, Text Expander, and Hemingway app. Alex, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Hello, hello.
1: I'm excited about today's intentional brand check. Just before we get started, just want to remind everyone that this is not financial advice. We will be focusing on identifying the wins and areas of improvements of. Every project that we do from a branding and marketing perspective only so you can learn how to build a better brand. So let's get into it. Today we're doing d Tunes uh, and we're going to start on their Twitter first impressions. So first, I love to look, I think, immediately uh, from the banner in their PFP. You can start to tell their streetwear, grungy style that they follow throughout their whole brand identity uh would add the gold check mark if possible Uh, but not sure if i can hold that against them not sure how easy that process is to get completely verified uh through checking their twitter account things that i really liked was that they have three things that i think every brand should have on their twitter which is updates spaces so original engagement with their community and then testimonials so they are doing a really good job of sharing the people that are constantly entering their ecosystem and their community and they're also doing a really good job of updating and sharing those either through a twitter space or a medium on the opportunities to improve i think they have a really good starting point with a lot of the updates that they do in this spaces and there is um a chance for them to even go further and do TLDRs on what they talked about or even on that medium newsletter that they did. Again, what were the main points that they cover and do that as a short thread? So a lot of original content opportunities that can be done through the content that they're already doing uh, on on their timeline. Let's go back to their website to dive into. There we go. All right. First impressions, I really like how, when you move your cursor, the eyes follow you along. And if you hover over the icons at the top on the social media, to the right, to the right, to the right, top right, you can see how their branding and everything's like melting. So everything follows very nicely on their website. Let's take a look at the mission statement. So that will be under about us. Okay, now let's take a look at the brand and the mission statements. So the first thing that they have is the founders. First looks, I think that for any website statement that you do, you don't want to go over two to three sentences max. This is a really heavy text to digest. And I think most people wouldn't get wouldn't read the whole thing completely but there's really good information here about the founders that I would put maybe into icons or maybe photos or some media that can be easily digestible for the audience. If we go into the mission next okay at Tunes, we're building a future where storytelling has the power to shape the world we live in. We're building a platform that aligns the interests of creators curators and community members to bring bring about a more transparent innovative and inclusive brand using the blockchain okay some thoughts here i think that they are doing this a little bit too broad i think a mission statement should highlight your unique values here I, if I really dig in, I could say that transparency, innovation and inclusivity is one of the values that they ha- they're highlighting. I think this is a good start. I also think that the mission statement, it's a little bit too broad. I think I could take this chunk of text and put it in another NFT project and it could easily work the same way that it's doing here. So I would go deeper into the values of the community and the values of the founders to know what are the key differences that they have uh, as a project. I think they have a really strong visual uh, brand with their streetwear, with their background in fashion. So I was ex- expecting them to put that into their mission. So I would add that to just set themselves apart from the other projects.
2: Yeah, I would agree. Something that I see right away. A transparent, innovative, and inclusive. I just think of Christina in my ear saying like, well, what does that mean? What do you mean by transparent? In what way? Innovative in what way? Right? Inclusive how? And they're not answering that question in their mission statement.
0: So in looking here from their brand, you always start with the storytelling and messaging. And first, I'm going to look to the founders. I'm going to look to the team and who's who's kind of behind it. This is all there is to the team page and i think while it's leading you to other websites their social media is there and it's listed um we want to be able to provide the information to a community member that's going to seek it out in that place you don't want them to have to search it out by going to the different social media platforms and so i think having an overview of who this team is how they got together what each person does on the team um, rather than these sort of broad titles, I think you can dig into it a little bit more. If you go to their founder, so they've got two key founders who have been friends for a long time. Bader Assad is, is one of them. He's doxxed. His Twitter is definitely more business-focused, and I love that he has included, both on Twitter but also largely on Instagram, a lot of those personal elements to it. So he's telling a little bit of his story. He talked at one point about You know, his sister's wedding and sharing a picture with that. He on his Instagram is showing a lot of photos of his own family. And I think that creates a really strong connection that folks can have, not to this founder and what they may think of a founder, but like, who's the person behind that PFP? What are they about? What do they do on a day to day? Um, I think really giving the behind the scenes look of all that draws people in and it creates more genuine human connection. I think his actual profile itself could use some work. So he talks about the fact that um, the byline is founder of Tunes, GMGN Podcast, and Studio 22. So in that I'm seeing he's involved with a lot of things, but it's not really giving me anything about uh, that ecosystem that he's kind of creating around himself. And it's certainly not showing his sort of expertise or, or unique value position, which we'll get into. The other co-founder is Prince Lau, and if you go to that page there, I think it's it's quite similar. Founder g D- Gen Tunes is the only thing that we're seeing there, not giving me much more information about it. And again, as the community member, it's my responsibility then to start digging in deeper to these profiles, and I think that's okay. But we want to give folks a bit of an understanding of who we are and what we represent right from the beginning from our own individual profile pages versus sending them directly off to our company page. And I think that's kind of the similar story across both of them. When you look at under the about us page and you go towards, okay, the second part of storytelling and messaging is what's the expertise of these public figures? What's their unique value position? And Alex talked about that earlier that they're sharing. So, We've got the big block of text here. If you dig a little bit deeper into it, there is some story here, which actually has some meat. They're longtime friends, which is something that all people can relate to. Something that excites folks and makes them kind of jealous. You know, we all wish that we could start a business with our longtime friend. They've got both very similar backgrounds. So Assad has been involved in fashion and jewelry brands, as well as blockchain and, and understanding that. Again, those are broad, but at least from a founder perspective, I can see that there's, they've done this before and Prince is the same music and fashion designing for a list celebrities growing brands around the world. So that could be anything, but it does give a bit of a social accreditation without much, obviously, um further information to back it up. If I'm taking it on face value, I'm going to say, cool, they know how to build brands and that's aligned with something that they're trying to do here. So that's really interesting. I think they could dig further into that. I wouldn't do it necessarily on this brand page, but like we said on their social channels, we could be more present about their fashion, their love of fashion, which they obviously both have music, jewelry. That to me presents this culture story and a messaging that we can kind of build off of from that. That's really enticing to the web three space right now. And I think people really respond to. The last part that we check about here is does their messaging reflect the values and their mission? The mission that we talked about was quite bland uh, and it was pretty broad to be honest, so one of the things they say is at D-Gen Tunes, we're building a future where storytelling has the power to shape the world that we live in. Like that in theory, I don't quite know what that means in which way. Does storytelling have the power to shape the world that we live in? In which way does that mean something to them as individuals based on their own unique value position and what they bring to the table? And then they say we're building a platform that aligns the interests of creators, curators, and community members to bring about a more transparent, innovative, and inclusive brand. And I'm going to echo here what Alex said earlier not quite sure in what ways and i think we always encourage folks to get a bit more specific where they can and where it makes sense into those specific elements or those specific values that they're talking about transparent can mean a number of different things to a number of different people as can innovative and exclusive inclusive and so we really want to get them to dig a little bit deeper into that every time we dig a little bit deeper into these values we create opportunities with our audience for human connection so transparency to me may mean communicating more openly, documenting the process. Transparency to them may mean something entirely different, but each one of those things is going to create an opportunity for our audience to get more connected to us as individuals and to build a stronger, much deeper relationship. I'll end it with saying, you know, they talk about Assad and Lal's vision, and I apologize, I'm not saying that correctly. Vision for Degen Tunes goes beyond any social trend or hype as they work on building long-term developments to bring value and utility to the brand's community. Again, keeping it really broad, I think this, to me, this messaging would have been a great starting point for a brand, but this brand has a number of months of operations under them, and I think they can take it much further than they have. There's a breadth that they haven't explored here, which I think would really benefit them To opening up who are the community that they have versus just their holders, how are they engaging more people, and how are they creating deeper relationships with Web3 in general?
2: Let's get started with their Twitter profile and take a look. They have about 50,000 followers. And then as we look at that and dig into that, again, their score here on the social blade is B-, and relative, that's actually a very good score. Um, the stuff that gets at A plus is just remarkable and gets hundreds of millions of clicks. So we look at the last month and can see they're tweeting on a regular basis, anywhere from, you know, four to 15 posts a day. They're gaining new followers steadily. So you can tell it's a organic type growth. You can obviously see something happen on the 27th, either some big news or a big announcement. There was a drop at a big gain in some traffic there. So they're doing all the right things. They are gaining followers, not just losing followers. And they are tweeting on a regular basis. So you can see on their account, they try to update everybody as much as they can um, with all the different parts of their project. A lot of it is based on the artwork and driving folks back to the actual website and OpenSea, obviously, to keep purchasing. To be honest with you guys, I actually did own some of these DGEN tunes when they were minted originally, just because I did actually like the... Artwork of it and the community and the DGen community was again, I think, more of an alpha, you know, type flag to tell people this is about making money, and I think that's another reason why some of the information on the website does seem very kind of light and very broad, so it can be many things to many people. But overall, on the social stuff, it looks pretty good. Uh, I think going forward, I actually poke into Discords a little bit more and see what the reality of some of the numbers are there as well. But that's it.
1: I think the engagement is actually really good for the numbers. As they are a lot of accounts that have over 100,000 followers and they would barely get to the 100 likes with them, they with 50 some followers, they get uh, pretty high engagement. Um, You know, 300 people on a Twitter space. If you go there, 100 and almost 200 likes and 40 retweets. That's not bad, especially for a bear market and, and for a, um, a project like them that has just been dialing in to just sharing the experiences of their community i think they have yeah, a lot of potential right. and i really like their artwork which i think a lot of people dived into because they were drawn to the artwork and that streetwear um kind of vibe so i will lean into it even more
2: Yep. I agree with that too. I think that's the one missing component, what Christina kind of talked about, which is if they had actually, or I think you mentioned it as well, Alex, that they had connected more on the streetwear side and had done some really cool looking or different things that came from their background. I think it would have been even more so kind of like what G money I think has done well with his brand, the admit one and using the t-shirts and all the stuff that he's been doing with that technology.
0: Pat with social blade. You mentioned clicks having a big determinant on the grade itself. What are the other things that determine a grade for a brand?
2: In most cases, it's literally a combination of almost what Google does with SEO. It's looking at how much traffic is actually going there, how much traffic is going through click-throughs, how many likes are actually happening, how many comments. So it's taking a wider breadth of what's the actionable steps that people are taking rather than just the metrics that could be fluffed up and really don't give you as much value. Um, it works really well on also YouTube accounts and you can see very clearly which people can, you know, send out a video and get 3.9 million views on that video and then get paid on top of it, another $4,000 for those views. And you can really see the accounts that are moving actual users along and having a large audience. And I think that's really what it does. Anything over a B or anything in a B zone and above is considered, you know, doing well. Um, again, the higher you go, they're kind of like most of these projects are at the entry point with a B minus, which means they're doing a lot of things, right. But they could be getting more traction and getting more results as well. I'd have to give them from my perspective, I'm going to give them a B plus. I think they're doing a lot of things right on the social. I like the way they're using their graphics. I think it's a little too vague for me in some stuff, and there isn't a dotted line that's connecting to the next steps. But overall, on what they are doing, they're doing well; they're getting good traction. I think from that perspective, I'll give them a B plus. What about you, Alex?
1: I will give them a B, uh, just because very along the same reasons. I think they're doing great. On I really like that they're keeping their community active and being very uh, consistent with their updates uh through medium or through twitter spaces that i like seeing that so i really like what they're doing but from a brand identity standpoint i think they can be way more specific and that is my whole reason for deducting that grade uh, from a to b
0: what about you christina and I'm going to give them a B minus for a number of reasons that we already talked about. I think their brand identity is really clean. I love the fact that they're being consistent with their community, which is 90% of the battle. And because they're already doing that, I think they're really well positioned to level up that much further by getting deeper into their story, as well as the messaging behind it. Not so broad of a statement, transparent, innovative. What do those mean? what are the values and how are you actually implementing them day to day? And given their unique value proposition here of a connection to culture, fashion, their experience in building brands, I think the idea of documenting the process a little bit more and showing people some behind the scenes of what they're doing would bode really well for them. So for those reasons, I'm giving them a B minus. And just to top into, I think,
1: what the last part that you were saying, they are showing a little bit of it through their podcast that they have. We, we we barely touched on it, uh, because it's not a a weekly thing. It's a bi-weekly podcast that they have, but even through that, they, they're showing the same kind of style and they're showing the other people that they're collaborating with. So, um, on the pros, I would say their collaboration consistency uh, and the look of their brand is on point. And then on the cons, I would just go with just being more specific and then taking that content that they already have and then highlighting the TLDRs that people that don't get to see that newsletter or that don't get to see the whole podcast. What are those TLDRs that people should should absolutely get to know?
0: That would be the same for me. I think the pro is absolutely consistency. They've created a really great framework for themselves now. Um, And how they're talking about it is that omni-channel approach. So not just looking at one way. They're doing Twitter. They're doing Discord, Instagram, YouTube. They've got the podcast, Medium articles. So they've got a really great and really strong basis. The con is that they're not getting deeper. So the opportunities for them based on that con are to repurpose that the content that they're already making like you said there's an opportunity for tldrs and threads there's an opportunity for audiograms um as well as just like video clips short form video clips are a great opportunity for folks across youtube instagram it's a one format video and you're able to post it across all of them and i actually think that would address a lot of the things that we're not seeing in their social channels that we were talking about it just being a bit of the same old same old if they integrated that they don't have to create new content to do it. It's just a repurposing. They're actually putting themselves above, far above the rest. All right. So we're wrapping up the intentional brand check.
1: And what would be the one personal brand tip, Christina, that you would take away from this brand check that we did?
0: I think it's the big theme we talked about here was getting a little bit deeper. And when we think about our own personal brands, I want folks... To be thinking about that doesn't require a lot of work, but if you're saying a a certain word, if you're making a certain statement, I want you to think about how that's going to be interpreted on the other end of it by your community. What does that mean to them? Why should they give a shit? Quite frankly, and then how is that directly connected to what your what the value is that you're bringing them and what you can offer them? I think it's something that's really simple. It just takes a little bit of time and reflection. And as you're building your content is something to keep in the back of your mind. If I'm putting a word out there, if I'm putting a statement out there, what does that mean to the person on the other end of it and how, and why should they give a shit? This episode is brought to you by Intentional at Web3 native agency
1: and collective helping creators and companies build scalable, intentional, and badass brands. Intentional provides comprehensive services to enhance your brand positioning and awareness while increasing your marketing scene productivity without the extra hit count. Learn more about intentional services and collective at beintentional.xyz.
0: Okay, perfect segue into nerding out where we look at genius marketing moves, efficiencies, AI tools. This is the stuff we really love and get excited about each week. So Pat, take us away.
2: I'm excited to get started with a tool I've been using over the last few months. It's called podcastle.ai. And it's very similar to StreamYard in the sense that it's audio first rather than video first. So you can do your recording sessions here. The really interesting part that really actually is the big value, at least in my mind, is the additional features that they have where you can do audio assistant, where it will clean up background noise. It will clean up people who are doing their ums and ahs or there's long pauses. It'll go through everything and clean up the levels. The other nice thing is that it has additional like FX stuff where you can actually compress and equalize the audio as well. So I usually will run through all of this clean up audio and it'll get it to a really good point. And then I'll still move that audio to Adobe's podcast cleanup for their audio studio at the final part. So I don't clean up and do too much as much as just background noise reduction, um, any kind of dead air. And it does a good job on transcription as well. So there's one of the things that for anyone starting out, I think it's a great software to run your podcast from and do it in a very easy way. You're able to add music, sound effects, clean the audio. So you can take people that are either in studio, out and about, or at Twitter Spaces and be able to generate it into a quality type audio that people would want to listen to. And it's all here in kind of one package. And then when you export the function, you can actually log out with a transcription and a summary of the show or whatever was there so you do get the full transcription and the small summary that comes with it so overall it's a great tool there is an additional feature that they have for the pro package where it can learn your voice and allow you to do some typing and they'll do the voiceovers so that if there's mistakes or errors i'm not going to have to call either of you back and say hey can you say this line again I can actually just type it out and the voice copy mode will actually produce it. So something that
1: is fascinating and scary at the same time.
2: It's true. I've been hearing so many things on Instagram and places where people are getting, you know, their bank accounts or, you know, there's a scam where people get called and they say, Hey, we've kidnapped your daughter or son send money this way and it's their voice saying hey help me i'm i'm hurt. they're they're right here they've got me and it's so believable because it's the voice so if you have any kind of audio quality so it's one of those interesting things scams that used to be about bitcoin and you being like taken by somebody while you were driving are now being turned into your voice to help leverage that moment as well so there's a real danger to it just like you hear all the different rappers and singers that are now being copied as well from their voices and people creating AI generated songs.
1: Yeah, for podcasts, great. For uh, anything else, it's very
0: fishy. Yeah, Pat, how much is this product?
2: It's 20 bucks a month. It's really worth it. The free version is great to test the tires and just check and see how it works for you but the full version is worth the price. Like I said, it has great transcription, great summary, and all the added benefits of not having to run, let's say, Adobe Audition, which is with the audio studio that you have to run otherwise and learn a lot more complexities in the whole audio editing. This is one of the places where you can get started and with a couple of clicks and their assistant AI stuff, you can really make your audio sound
0: fantastic. Yeah, we talk about that a lot with trying to justify the cost of some of these products, you really want to think about what's the amount of time that it's saving you, but also not just in the creation on the day-to-day side, but in the time it takes you to learn the skill to be able to actually do it. How many hours are you going to invest in a new product? If it's simple UI UX and you're able to get up and running really quickly, that $20 becomes a really easy business case.
2: Absolutely. And I think that's the development in AI. It just feels like, Software development in general is prioritized with the top three to five things that people need to get accomplished. And that's what you're getting. And I think a lot more people are getting traction and excited about that. Rather than this software having 55 different tools within it, that would take me up to six months to learn how to use them all correctly and become almost a full-time user of the software. I can stroll in here, upload an audio, press three clicks and I'm comparably up to a mid-range audio engineer very easily and quickly for that
1: $20. How would you compare it to, I know we're fans of Otter AI in the transcription feature that it has. With this, the transcription that this gives you, does it does it replace Otter AI? Or how would you use one versus the other?
2: It's very accurate. Um, I was surprised because it caught every uh, um, Or all in the transcript. So you could actually identify certain people say certain words. Um, If we go back to the last episode, I think when I talked about that Gling, and it's the video version that allows you to upload a video, and it uses the transcription to cut those parts out. So you could actually then do a search replace. That's not fully available there yet, but that's kind of the next step where the transcription will help you in the audio editing and taking out specific words like that, um, that gets said by Patrick every single time, it'll actually remove that. So I think that's where it becomes also advantageous and making everyone sound more professional.
1: All right. Check out podcastle.ai and speaking about saving time, the next tool that I'm bringing to the table is text expander. I'm not gonna come here and lie and say that I found this tool. Uh, this tool was found by Christina over here and she told me about it months ago. <laughs> and uh, this tool basically helps you eliminate repetitive typing. Uh, so you can use different shortcuts and and uh, on your keyboard to replace things that you would type constantly. So for example, if you're an artist, this is just uh, a something that I've used even when I'm creating flyers on Canva, I would put for like for our own brand, I would create snippets of our hex color. And I would put a shortcut that just says C color one. And that way I don't have to memorize a hex color that, you know, it's just X, Y, Z, whatever, whatever. Uh, But you you can also use it for things like bios, for things like prompts, For any large texts uh, or for any even hashtags also as a social media person, I think this will be a heaven for you to save on those repetitive things that you need to post on every single post. Um, So I've used it for since I heard about it. It's really easy to use. It has like a dashboard where you can add new, um, new snippets, they call it. Uh, and all the shortcuts there Uh, so I've definitely tested out very easy to use it is free for about I think a month and a half or or a month which I think is pretty long for most most tools give you like three day or a week Um, so this one gave me a long time to test it out and I ended up paying for it which is uh, $40 a year so that's $3.33 a month so very uh, cheap uh, and, oh yeah, there you go. 30 days trial. Uh, very cheap for an individual. I definitely think it's worth it if you're in the content creation or or just a, a public persona that you need to type a lot of things constantly. So a really time saver that I would recommend for anyone out there. So it's
2: awesome. And you still use it every day?
1: I still use it and not every day but once i'm doing like the canva like the scheduling once a week or when i'm doing new um new assets that's when i find myself using it a lot also when i went to the conference a lot of the uh events were asking me like my title and my company and maybe a bio so i found myself using it a lot then instead of typing the whole thing and just do the little shortcut and Mm -hmm. it out for me. That's awesome. Love it, Christina.
0: I use it for What's my Zoom tool? link all the time. I use it for oh, my Zoom yeah. link and my and my bio. So I like the fact that it highlights what's really difficult to read, what's really easy to read and everything in between. And it become, it kind of becomes a game for me. I want to make sure that nothing is highlighted. And I want to make sure that the piece of text that I've already done, the piece of copy I've already created is in the best shape possible. In the top right hand side, it gives you a grade reading level, which as a digital writer, you kind of want to aim between sixth and seventh grade reading level. That's going to allow you to appeal and your content will be easily digestible by the majority of people. And I think it's just something I use on a day-to-day basis. It's really simple, really easy, whether you're using client emails, newsletters, blog posts, whatever it is, it's something I use on a day-to-day. It's free if you keep it in your browser. And if you want it as a desktop app, which allows you to save and archive things, go back to them. It's a one-time fee of $19.99 um, and you get that forever, as well as the updated versions as they come. And it's also available offline, which to me is something really key. You're not always editing with an available connection, and so that's really helpful too. I one of the
1: things that I like about like a Grammarly or uh, another, you know, another typing tool or editing tool. Is the language, um, does this have any kind of like switching the language
0: besides English writing? No, not from what I've seen. Um, That's obviously not as much of a challenge for me. So I haven't really looked into it. But from what I've seen, it's all sticking to English. I'm not sure if there's an ability to go another way.
2: This would be also really good for scripts for short videos, because a key point in scripting for videos is the same thing. You can say complex things, but they're much harder to say off the cuff without having long pauses or constant flubs. And I think aiming for a great six or even lower level really allows you to hit key points very well, easily, and feel a little bit more natural to what people want to hear rather than making them think a little bit harder or try to figure out and digest what you're trying to say. And I think that's a key part of this that I think is a, is a good advantage that people should try for sure.
0: It's a prompt I use in ChatGPT all the time. Uh, make this a grade 6 to 7 reading level. So that's also a little hack for y'all.
2: Nice. Very nice.
0: We also checked out Tunes in our intentional brand check. For our personal brand tip, we talked about the fact that you want to get a little bit deeper in order to more directly connect with your audience. And that is it for today. What a great show. Thank you for tuning in to Intentional AF. Don't forget to subscribe. Join us next Wednesday for more branding, marketing, and tech insights in Web3. Have a great day. And friendly reminder, you got this. Thank you for tuning in to Intentional AF, your go-to source for branding, marketing, and tech to help you build a scalable, intentional, and badass brand in Web3. Remember to join us every Wednesday for more inspiration, insights, and actual tips tailored to all you artists, creators, and project founders. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with the latest from our podcast. Until next week, keep building that badass brand in Web3 and remember to stay Intentional AF. You got this.